it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk, episode number 20. It's Thursday, October 21st, 2010. We're live here at Interop, New York City, hanging out in the Network Operations Center. We've got a couple of guests. Andreas. Let's do a little bit of Splunk Talk. Let's go. Split time writing answers without a doubt. Split time will help you figure it out. Split time that you tell the whole world about. Split time. Split time. Awesome. I can never get over that theme song, Maverick, I swear. It was brilliant. Genius. Absolutely genius. Wow, this is, uh, today I think it's going to be a combination of Dignation and Splunk Talk, because uh, yours truly, Michael Wilde, Splunk Ninja, we're here at Interop. What's Interop? It's a trade show. Networking. Geeks. New York York City. City. And we've got, uh, of course, we've got Maverick. He is, where are you at today, Maverick? You, you should introduce me first, because he's the remote guy. Texas. That's how you did it when I was remote. Uh, I know, me. but I decided to just go to Maverick. You go like to, him a lot better. Maverick and he likes me better. Let's yeah. go to Maverick in the booth. Choose <laughs> <laughs> the comes out. Hey. Yes, I'm in Dallas today, and uh, you guys are all in New York. That's that's the first time we've ever had this in our all of our episodes. We uh, I'm the, oh, we've only been together once for Splunk Talk ten. Maybe someday we will use all, all of us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Are you are you wearing sunglasses, man? In, indoors. I'm wearing. I want to. Okay. because yeah. because this show makes me feel cool, so I want to look cool, oh. even though so, no one can see me. Oh, we can see you. I see you. Oh yeah, you're on camera, dude. We can see you. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. We'll see. Then that that's. Good. You look great. Uh, those who we'll can see, see you. Can wait a see you. wait a minute. You knew you you thought. That no one could see you, and you are still wearing sunglasses. That's just the way I roll, man. Okay, that's just the way just, it is. Uh, that's okay. a bit weird. I'm proud. Yeah, that's uh, that's all you. I gotta say. I'm about with Deep. That's kind of weird. So you're with Deep. Deep. We're here at Interop in the Knock, and we've yeah. got we've got Jeff Blake. You've, been, you've been hearing his mindless banter. Uh, but Deep Jeff uh, Blake is here with beer in hand. Normally he's in Chicago. We also have. A good friend of ours, nice, Karen Deep Baines. How are you? Deep, I'm good. I'm good. Deep. I'm uh, having a great time here at Interop. Awesome. What do you do? Why are you here at Interop? Um, so Splunk is uh, the syslog monitoring tool for the Interop show. So twice a year, uh, we get together, build this huge network, and my responsibility, as, as well as Wild's responsibility, is to uh, monitor the syslog events that are occurring on this uh, ISP class network that we build out in a few days. Awesome. And you, you are, you, are you with Splunk? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Of course I'm with Splunk. Uh, oh, actually, I should do a proper introduction. Here we go. Uh, so my name is Karen Deep Baines, but most people just call me Deep. Um, I have been with the company for about four years. I am in the support organization. Technically, I'm a principal support engineer. I'm supposed to be higher than a support senior support engineer, but I don't believe it. Do you have like an assistant principal that works with you? That'd be sweet. <laughs> and oh, and you, a couple of counselors and a dean. Do you have? Do, do you I have do a dean of support for bad customers. You do. Detention? That's right. Nice. Hey, I heard you're engaged too, man. 
Yes, oh, yeah. actually, I just got engaged. Yes, uh, about um, a week and a half ago or so. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Like a true nerd, uh, I got engaged on 10, 10, 10. What's the significance of that? So, so, so 10, 10, 10 is uh, binary for 42. Uh, and which is, we all know. Which is the answer to life, universe, and everything. Exactly. Wow. exactly. Like we said last week, that's, that's deep. deep. <laughs> that's very, very deep. That's very deep. So, <laughs> a couple things on the show today. Uh, we'll chat a little bit about what we're doing here uh, in Interrupt, because we had some cool things happen, and we, we it's probably valuable to talk about how we set up Splunk, because today, or this week, we are actually users. Uh, I mentioned how couple weeks ago that I became a user of Splunk when um, I started tracking metrics for the podcast. But Deep and I are, are users here of, uh, of Splunk at Interop. But before we do that, I think Maverick has a question on the wire from the Splunk Talk at Splunk.com mailing list. What do you got there? All right. So uh, this person asks, I have a question. I have a light forwarder that monitors a forwarder in batch mode. And it eats and deletes them. And if the re- But if the receiver goes down for some reason and it's still eating, what will the forwarder do? Will it wait until it's up again and continue? And for kicks, same scenario, except the forwarder fails because of a power, powder, power outage. What will it do when it comes back online? I'm confused by the question. So it sounds like the question was, first, if the indexer or receiver, as this person put it, uh, goes offline uh, and you're forwarding, what happens? Okay. okay. In batch mode. That's what... That's what. Uh, that, that's the thing that's ruined. Well, or just whatever. Okay. Okay. So what happens? What happens, uh, what happens uh, to those logs that are being sent to the forward? What goes on there? In, in, in monitor mode, um, we stop reading the file. Basically... Uh, we keep track of where we're in the file, and uh, it backs up to about a thousand events. Uh, th- uh, actually, I take that back. It's thousand times 32k chunk of events, uh, and uh, we write to the fish bucket where we were, and we wait till we can send again. That's uh, the best case scenario. Uh, I've seen configurations where people have set up drop-on um, queue full on the forwarder. Bad thing to do when you have when you're monitoring a file because we'll continue reading that file and dropping events on the floor. Um, the other situation is that you're uh, monitoring a network input um, or a UDP 514 uh, or TCP or something of that sort. Uh, unfortunately, that stuff uh, will go down, meaning you'll you'll lose it to the floor. Um, That's if we, a forwarder is is receiving 514. Correct. Which is in this case, a lightweight forwarder by default won't even allow that input. Lightweight right. forwarder by default only allows uh, scripted input, uh, batch, and monitoring. So it's a rare, like I said, rare situation, but uh, I have seen it in play. There is a concept of persistent queuing uh, where we will write out the events to disk. Um, it works pretty well. Uh, I, I've uh, I've seen it uh, fail, but rarely. So to to uh, let let me just kind of paraphrase it, if I may. May I? You do that. Yeah. You translate. So 
Deep gave us some great deep information. So essentially, the, the forwarder is going to mark a spot in the current log that it's tailing and make sure it knows uh, where it left off. When the service is restored, it'll pick up from where it was and continue forwarding on. So let me ask you, Deep, this, this question, because this is the follow-on piece to that, is what happens if, what happens if service doesn't uh, get restored for quite a while and the log itself rolls? Okay. How do, oh, that's, uh, that's yeah. that, that, a, a very, like it's another pretty common scenario. Um, if you're monitoring a directory, it's n no, no harm, no foul. Um, since we keep track of uh, CRCs of individual files, uh, if the log rotates in that same directory, the file name changes, but the CRC, the header for that file, doesn't, so nothing is lost. Um, now, flip side of that, if you're rotating them out, you'll have to go back and either use one shot to, uh, to reload the files in, uh, or use batch processing or the sinkhole. Yeah, the, the other part of the question wasn't it if uh, was it if a forwarder goes down, what happens to the indexer? No, the, no. The other part of the question is if um, if the forwarder fails, what will it do when it, yeah? What, what will it do when the forwarder comes back online? Oh, so if the forwarder. That's goes the second down. part. Yeah, like if somebody question. reboots the uh, a machine that has a forwarder on it, what you know, what what will happen? Then? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, again, uh, yeah, mostly it'll out. just pick up where it left off. So, so if it's a power outage, we'll pick up right where we left off. Uh, the last seek pointer entry in the fish bucket is where we'll pick up. Um, that's yeah, 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 and pretty straightforward. When deep, uses, can I can I ask what a fish bucket yeah, is? Yeah, Good question. We've never talked about uh, we, have, you, we guys have not covered the all important fish bucket. The fish bucket. We were waiting for you. It's oh, just right. never come up in a question. From my understanding, the fish bucket is... Well, let's uh, let deep in. No, 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 no. Let, let, Mike, let Michael uh, wow. He always That way I can correct him when he's wrong. <laughs> there you Good go. Night. All right, go. Uh, as I was saying, um, the fish bucket, from my understanding, it's an index that is uh, part of every Splunk server, whether it's an indexer or a forwarder. And its job really is to... It keeps hashes on where it is we last were when we left off a file. And people have told me fish go in the bucket before they go in the pan. And so every fish stops in the bucket, and uh, we know which fishes are in the bucket, have been out of the bucket, which ones went to the pan, and which ones have not quite yet made the bucket. Okay, okay. so there were two things wrong with okay. that statement. Right. Oh, oh. Uh, First Ooh. of all, it's no longer an index. It was an index in the 3.x product. I did say as it was explained. So it hasn't been explained uh, Okay, all right. Uh, um, so uh, Wild had it right. Uh, in the 3.x, the, the, the fish bucket was an index, just like main and uh, internal DB. There you go. <laughs> it, uh, you know, internal DB and, 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 the, and default DB, uh, the fish bucket was a index also. And we would um, put entries into the index on a, on a regular interval. For 4.x, we've moved to a B tree structure, which is a data structure structure, which allows us to actually update the B tree without having to put in a new entry. Meaning, uh, if we see a file, um, we put it into the fish bucket as a new entry, and when we want to update that file, we update the entry instead of putting a brand new entry mm. like we would have in the 3.x product. It's more efficient. Uh, it works 
really well and uh, with the new uh, file input tracker that went into place in 4.1, it works brilliantly. And, and you really kind of have to put something like that in because um, you don't want to eat the same data over. The, that whole fish bucket process generally prevents you from reloading it. And when I came to work at Splunk the first time, I didn't have a lot of logs and I had one log file on my system. And I made five copies of it and I expected Splunk to eat it five times. But it's smart enough to not do that and the fish bucket kind of helps, helps out with that. Maverick's taking pictures. Is that a camera? Yeah. Maybe he's not aware you can do screenshots. You guys want to pose for Is he I, taking a picture of the screen? That's pretty sad. You can hit like um, yeah. a keystroke yeah. and take a... No, I'm taking a picture for uh, for nostalgic and uh, kind of, you know... Wait, can, can you see me? In, stuff, am, I, am I even in, it, this, in yeah. the shot? You're there. You're there. Oh, okay, I am there. Well, not, not yet. Here, hold there, on. There we go. Get in. So, so people can people can see you guys at interop and there you go. That's fine. <laughs> Perfect. That's weird. Awesome. Oh, uh, right. and, then, the and then we can uh, put it out there. That was Honor. incorrect. Uh, <laughs> more, so, uh, just, more. Just, <laughs> Steve himself is the fish bucket for the show. He's keeping track of what goes in and maybe. Uh, so a little backstory: the fish bucket naming convention came from one of our original developers uh, by the name of Rory Green. Uh -huh. and he was uh, employee number two uh, besides the founders. And he's Irish, uh, and it's apparently a term uh, to... Uh, you th a fish bucket is wherever you throw um, the heads and the parts of the fish that you don't want. And 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 that's where it comes from. He didn't want. He didn't know where to put it, so he put it in the fish bucket. There you go. That's oh. that's that's the backstory on that. Irish, Thank you, Rory. Irish and of course, we kept it. That's yeah. Irish logic. Yes. So we've got. Uh, we've also got some events coming up here this week, next week. Uh, just as a reminder, we've got Splunk Lives coming up. Splunk Live. Lots of Splunk. Lives. Yeah. What's a, what happens at a Splunk Live, Jeff? Splunk Lives are awesome events where there is uh, Splunk people, uh, Splunk customers, and we ship uh, people in from uh, our San Francisco headquarters to talk to people about uh, some of the upcoming new things on the roadmap. We talk a little bit about uh, Splunk technology for, I think you get for fed new people. Too, right? Pardon? You get oh. fed. And you get food, There's yeah. Food. Yes. So there yeah. might be t-shirts yeah. involved? Perhaps. Prizes, yes. valuable prizes, yeah. and... Uh, basically getting to rub elbows with other Splunk users in your area. That's the key. Uh, we have Splunk Lives coming up. Uh, as we said, we're here in New York right now, although we're not staying for Splunk Live. Splunk Live, New York, Tuesday, October 26th at the New York Marriott Marquis in the city here in Manhattan. A couple days later, we got Dallas. Dallas. Uh, Jeff's going to Dallas? I'll be there. Awesome. On the 28th at the Westin Galleria. Looking forward to it. Quite a shopping center, this. Um... Uh, we're going to cruise over to Boston on the 2nd of November at the Renaissance Boston Waterfront. A day later, we're going to jet down to Baltimore and check out Splunk Live November 3rd. We're, we're not jetting down. Well, we just... The we, Splunk Live crew. Yes. Not to be that confused crew, with not two live crew. And, or present company <laughs> will be excluded. Not excluded in the Chicago Well, on not Tuesday, excluded. November 9th. Exactly. And then uh, we're going to... Fly all the way over to London. Across the pond. For the 10th. Splunk Live. And then back across the pond. 
on Thursday, November 11th for Charlotte, and then all the way across the U.S. to Salt Lake City on the 16th. So uh, Sport Lives are a really great place to kind of see local people in your area who are the best ones to kind of talk to about Splunk and learn from them. And where are you getting all this information, Michael? Great question. He has it all in his head. I have it all in my head. Well, let's pretend someone else needed to see I, what's in your head. Actually, it's in Quicksilver. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go to Splunk.com, just click on um, the events page. Uh, there should be a link for Splunk Lives. Uh, it'll allow you to register. It's a good idea to register. I mean, if you show up, no big deal. But register so that way we know we that you're coming. Food. You bring enough shirts, bring enough food, you know, bring enough beers, whatever it takes. And uh, that's always that's always a good thing to, to do. So check out the Splunk Lives. Um, there's a few other things going on, but let's have a... Uh oh, sorry about that. That was a... Oh, my beer opener here. So as, as we were saying before, um, we're here at Interop. Live. We're, yeah, we're live, but it's being recorded live, as all of them are. No, we're live. And Deep and I uh, are, you know, Jeff is here working in the booth because he's pretty. He's a booth babe. He demonstrates Splunk. And he smiles because he's got a great smile and a great presence. But Deep, they don't let us at the booth because we're kind of nerdy. Speak for yourself. So I am a yeah. jock. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm a jock. You're a jock and I'm a cheerleader. But Deep and I got lucky enough to part participate for Splunk in uh, the Interop Network Operations Center effort. Yep, I've been doing this for uh, two years. This is my second year of doing it. Uh, four so shows I've done. You're a noob. Not so really. Oh, I mean, man. The four, four is shows, pretty good. Dude, that's four a lot of shows. Still a kid. I've done that's this. a lot of work. Yeah, so I've we, done this how many times? I don't know, a lot. We've been doing this for four or five years now, and um, every year, UBM, or United Business Media, I think that's what they're called, they run Interop, they provide the trade show, and they put out an RFP every year. Uh, that allows uh, different vendors to get involved in the process of provisioning and providing the network, from um, routing and switching, to intrusion detection, to help desk and monitoring, logs, which is us, and even uh, the wireless. connection to the internet. Yep. Wireless, everybody. So, you fill it out. If you're lucky, you get chosen. Um, if you're not lucky, you can come and volunteer. Uh, you can volunteer to be a helper at Interop. You get to learn about a lot of things, get to go to classes, get to get experience with some of the new technology. What, what do you like most about experience? What do you like? Is that what? What's? What do you, why do you like coming to this Interop thing? Um, well, like I said, um, I like it here. I've, do, I've done this for two years. I like it here because I get to hang out with nerds. You're in your nerd element. I am in my nerd element to, you feed your to, the, full, yeah, to the fullest. It's awesome. Right. Um, I, can, I can go up to anybody and talk, uh, uh, talk nerd speak, and they will understand, <laughs> and they will respond in nerd speak. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't have to uh, uh, hold back the nerdiness. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we went to... Uh, on a sidebar, we went to dinner with a friend of mine at F5 and a bunch of SEs. <laughs> that was the nerdiest. That's almost nerdier than here. Oh, yeah. Man, those F5 guys, it's it's all, it's all they, they F5 were nerdy out, architecture talk. Yeah, they, they, had, they were drawing out network architecture on napkins yeah. during dinner. <laughs> it's awesome. But they're all smart guys, so... But uh, that's, 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 that's reason number one. Yeah. Uh, I also like it here because of, of all the cool technology. Uh, yeah. it, 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 you get to see the, the latest and greatest. Um, the, 
the internet bandwidth here is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh it's something like four gigs or something like that uh, with a two gig backup. It's ridiculously fast. Mm. And uh and you know as a nerd that that pleases me. Yeah. Quest. <laughs> yeah. Quest gives us access to this this nice bandwidth. Um, in this particular deployment, we have Splunk and parts of the network running in different co-located facilities. Uh, Sunnyvale, Denver, and Newark. And then we also have uh, here on site in New York. So in our deployment, we have a Splunk server in each facility, and each facility is indexing data that's, that's there. But what's, what kind of data is in each data center? Uh, there's a firewall uh, in each data center. There uh, are switches, obviously. There are uh, remote uh, access devices, such right. as Avacent devices, which allow you to do KVM and that sort of thing. The firewall uh, is the, the biggest, it, biggest contributor to the log volume. Well, you here. have to realize that yeah. this network, uh, up until this year, actually, we ha uh, Interop had a class uh, A network. They had the 45.0.0.0 network, which lends itself to be attacked. Uh, it's also millions of potential IP. Address. It's 16 million, million. 16, 16 million oh, yeah. IP. It's 16. That's, you know, that's what it works out to be. But I mean, billions. if you can imagine, billions, trillions right. of IPs. <laughs> uh, but if you can imagine having a class A network to yourself, and on top of that, giving every attendee a routable IP right. to the outside world. Right. That's that's what we've done. We've basically given everyone a publicly facing IP and said, here you go. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. And then, and then it's our job to, you know, our as a part of the NOC, to help, well, not only help debug and figure out issues, but to help set it up. So we do this, we, we do this network operations thing four times a year for two shows, Las Vegas and New York. And prior to the show, we take pretty much a lot of the stuff and set it up in a warehouse in, where is it? Fremont, I think it's Brisbane. Br uh, no, uh, uh, yeah, it's Brisbane. That's Brisbane. right. It's Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane. That's awesome. Brisbane. Brisbane. And right, in, right next to South San Francisco. You know, because you don't deploy, you don't just go and deploy production. You sort of have to, you know, test it out first. And then we uh, get everything working, and we take it apart. And we ship it to, yeah, people are throwing rockets across here. This is awesome. This is the knock. This, this is, is the knock. Yeah, that's why it's nerdy. Uh, we, we take this and we uh, unpack it, ship it to uh, New York or Vegas, and we set it all back up. So usually, sometimes stuff breaks, sometimes things have issues, and we're here uh, trying to help solve that. Splunk takes what all the all the syslog all the syslog. Uh, what and what was oh, our and event actually uh, uh, and, and and this time we also uh, looked at the VMware uh, infrastructure that we have, which cool. is pretty sweet. Yeah, VMware is running here, and they have uh, a couple of clusters or whatever, and some storage. And it, we, it's uh, like a full on yeah. like it's like it's a, a big full Monty. Monty I like yeah, seeing yeah. the app you guys built around the. Uh, the, the the dragon IDS. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting tagging that that machine does, and uh, <laughs> that was kind of funny. Okay, so what Jeff is talking about, you know, uh, Enterasis is providing switching and routing, and they also have their uh, dragon intrusion detection system. Now, as Steve said, we kind of like are giving you this publicly routable IP address, and we're not blocking. Anything. Anything. Well, there's, uh, there is some firewall rules. There's firewall rules to really prevent the knock infrastructure from getting hacked, hacked or right. messed with, but everything else is pretty wide open. And right. especially outbound traffic, it's like, oh, ha ha, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Dragon is being used to pull a feed off of the inbound uh, and outbound traffic, and it's not blocking anything, it's passing everything, but it's, it's classifying the content. So if someone's doing a cash poison attempt, uh, you can see that. But it also categorizes um, 
uh, the content. Like, it can tell if you're having a Skype conversation. Or, it can tell if you're chatting. Or it can tell if you're downloading the things over a P2P technology. Or come on, say it. Can it can tell if you're looking at porn. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And guess what was guess what was classified as porn? <laughs> Splunk. Splunk. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Splunk IP Classic. was classified as, as porn. It was, it was I don't know. Funny. So I think we need to update their definition of what Splunk is, but. For obvious reasons, you could imagine. But, you know, it's an interesting scenario. So we have all this data coming into Splunk. There's a lot of data. A lot of data. It's, it's, uh, when the show is live, uh, when the show is live, it's yeah, it's in, it's in the hundreds of gigs. Right. Uh, and when I say the show is live, meaning the the, the show floor. Yeah, when, the attendees the show up. The booth guys, like the booth babes, like Jeff, do their thing. Yep. <laughs> but um, you know, Deep and I were working with uh, with Splunk and. You know, we're, you know, part of our job here is to help keep the network up and going, but we also have to provide some interesting scenarios, if they happen, for the guys in the booth so they can kind of show Splunk. It's, it's nicer to show some real stuff than just boring old demos. And it's, and it's real data. The, yeah. the, 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 in the booth, they're showing off live data from the show. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. People, people don't quite, oh, quite recognize it. That it's live data from the show, and uh, we're tracking all the the addresses that the DHCP servers are are uh, giving out, uh, allocating. It, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, people are kind of blown away by it when you. Yeah, think I mean, the, you can get on the network. Give me the the IP address of your iPhone. I can tell you where you are. Or the host name of any yeah, device. We can find name. you all the way down yeah. to which Wi-Fi array yeah. you're at. We gonna awesome. find you. <laughs> so Dave and I are sitting in the knock one night, very late. People are watching us on camera. It's like 1 a.m. Yeah, it's 1 a.m., whatever. And I had this idea. I'm like, I, I saw that drag, and I see all this content. I'm like, I wonder if I can find myself on it. You know, so we, I make a Skype call. Because we weren't sure whether it was real. Like, it was, maybe it was fake and just fake data. So we see, boom, we see a Skype call go from my IP address. And then uh, we do some other stuff, and we see that happen. And with Splunk, as you may or may not know, since we have all this data, we can piece it together. So if you figure if the Dragon reports what your IP address is, we could probably look in the DHCP logs, find your IP address, your host name, and potentially your MAC address. Definitely your MAC address. Yeah. Yeah, definitely MAC address. And then if we took that MAC address and looked in the wireless arrays, Cirrus's wireless arrays, and then did a lookup on uh, the location, we could probably find out what you're doing and where you're doing it from. Not only that, we have DNS data, so ah. we can tell you what you're looking at. Right. <laughs> so we're here in the middle of the night, and we have this graph on the Splunk dashboard. I'll try to put a screenshot up. That it, It's a pie chart that showed the amount of content, uh, the types of content. And here, you know, at night, it's porn. It's porn, 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 porn. <laughs> it's... 95% porn. It's 95% porn. It's porn and SSH. Which is, I don't know, hand yeah. in hand? I, I don't know. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is, this is like after everyone allegedly went home. Yeah. And it wasn't us, I swear. We weren't surfing porn. Security guys? Only for testing purposes. I don't know. I mean, it's an open network. <laughs> yeah. So Deep, Deep and I got this idea. We're like, uh, we, 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 had, we started doing some searches. We look at, click on, the, click on porn. And we route all the way through, find out that it's an iPod Touch connected to the Terrace wireless access point, which is in the Terrace. So we know where his guy is. So we're like, ah, oh, we got to go see if we can find him. <laughs> so we're like hunting around and just sort of spying around looking, you know, uh, you know, mostly at security guards, seeing if they have IP address, uh, iPhones. iPhones. 
Or iPod, iPod, iPod touches. iPod, iPod touches. touches. And we never actually found the person because who knows? They might have been in the bathroom, bathroom or something yeah. like that. But it was it was kind of a really cool use because we showed this stuff at the booth and people were were quite uh, stoked on the fact. Blown away is yeah, the word. They were blown away. Insert some sort of sound. Anyways, Interop's a pretty cool event. Um, as we said, if you're interested in checking it out, um, you know, uh, it happens twice a year. If you're a vendor, you want to get it involved. Uh, not hard to figure that out. And of course, if you're a nerd like we are, uh, it's kind of a cool thing to volunteer. I think it's uh, it for the 20th episode. I can't believe we've been doing this for 20 weeks. It's awesome that every half, 10 episodes we do these live on, on air You should keep shows. that tradition. You should keep that tradition. Yeah, yeah. we should plan we, we this out. We have to now. Yeah, every 10, every 10 episodes, Where are we every two be, and a half. Where are we going to be in 10 weeks? What is 10 weeks? I don't know. Figure it out. 10 weeks is three months in a week. It's... Uh, oh, yeah, that's no, January. No, no, that's right. It's, yeah, something uh, in January. I don't know. It's two we months. meet up. Yeah, we'll meet up. Meet up. As always, thank you for listening to Splunk Talk. If you're interested in, uh, maybe we could have you on the show, but if you if you have questions, send an email to splunktalk at splunk.com and we'll talk about your questions on air. As always, uh, we thank you for listening. Have a great week and happy Splunk. Y'all better watch out now. Ha, 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 ha.